0: Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika
1: Carter. Welcome back to the Encounter YA podcast. We're excited to be back with you for our fourth season, and to start this season, we are starting with a new series called "Straight Out of Context." Throughout this series, we'll talk about how to study the context of Scripture, how to apply it to our own lives, and even walk through commonly misused verses. We hope that you enjoy this series. Welcome to this brand new series that we are calling Straight Out of Context. So this is where we take commonly used verses, put them back into context, and this is something I think we often find in churches, and I'm not saying it's necessarily just bad churches, but I think... This is something we all fall into, is where we take verses, we when um, we take them out of context, we take them, we don't read them in the world in which they were written. And so the hope today is that we can start taking some passages and actually put them in context and understand what that means for us. So to start off this series, we're going to outline why we think this is important for everyone to practice, and then we're also going to give a few helpful questions to ask ourselves when we're discerning the context of a verse.
0: Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, um, like commonly used verses that are out of context can seem really like small and relatively harmless. And generally it's like the ones that um, go the most unnoticed are the ones that are just a subtle change, Mm -hmm. but um, completely removes it from from what it was um how it was preached and taught originally so um doesn't really seem like an end of the world issue i feel like a lot of times so we kind of look at it and we're like "Eh, it's like literally not that big of a deal which i mean contextually true like in the grand scheme of life yeah like it's not that big of a deal if it minorly changes but um the thing is that like it loses loses all of its power if we're not willing to look at scripture as a whole. And so if we're just nitpicking and pulling out whatever we want, then the power of that word is no longer as powerful as it really is. And so um, it can seem all kind of like lackadaisical. um, And it's often like a good or even a biblical concept um, that we're being, that is being supported by this out of context scripture. And so it's easy to kind of shrug it off or pass by without thinking much about it. Um, But widely applying a scripture for any topic instead of actually seeing the verse for what it is in its full context will cheapen the value. It's cheapening the value of the word itself, the word of God, and it usually is just a shadow of the power that it actually has at the end of the day because you're removing everything that stands behind it and makes it what it is and makes it true.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really important for us to understand. But I think there's also there are things where we weren't we're subtly doing this. But I think there are people and there are teachings where they just take it out of context because they want this specific verse right. to mean a specific thing. And I think it's important that we talk about both things because I I think for the most of the part when we're talking about people we're listening to or people who are preaching that we're listening to, it's probably not something that's super like i'm trying to make this say what i wanted to say like most of the people we know and we're in contact with they're not trying to those things but there are people out there who do take verses completely out of context and make it say what they wanted to say Mm -hmm. and we have to be really important for for us as we're growing in our faith to understand the context of those specific verses yeah and i've done it too i've done it so many times i've taken verses and i've read it and i'm like I I remember preaching one of these messages at the beginning and I was talking, it was about, it was a message about calling and, um, and I can remember preaching this message getting done. And it was like, dang, that was so good. Mm -mm -mm," You know, (laughs) doing my dance at the end. Yes. Yes. That's the clip for the podcast. (laughs) Um, and I remember this this older guy who was part of Encounter. And when I say older, he's probably like my age now. But he comes up to me after, after the the message. He's like, "Hey, I don't know if that verse was talking about what you were talking about." And I was like, "What are you talking about?"
0: <laughs> You're like, "That is." <laughs> yes, I'm
1: like, "It says calling." You yeah. know, I was yeah. like, "Because it, it 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 was in Romans where it's talking about um, our calling is irrevocable," mm-hmm. and I was, and so I use this whole thing. And I, at the time I didn't, I was like kind of sloughed it off, nothing. And I go back now and I was talking about calling in terms of like what we're called to do on this earth, like right. what our job is, what right. our mission is, what what we're called to do. And this and this verse is talking about salvation, yeah. not at all calling. And so I think there are times where that happens yeah. and we're young in our faith. And a lot of times we take things out of context. And thankfully, I had somebody in my life who was willing to say, hey, I don't know mm-hmm. if that verse meant, you know, what, what you think it's, yeah. Yeah. And so you just need to be careful and especially teachers. If you're Mm -hmm. teaching the word of God, I think this is something that's really, really vital Mm -hmm. for us to understand. And we're going to mess up. The truth is, is like, we're going to give, we're going to put our 21st century eyes and brains Mm -hmm. into scripture where it's not, it's not, that's not the way it was meant to be read. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully the Holy Spirit will help us understand what scripture actually means. And one of the yeah. things I like to do the most before we move on to the questions is when we're talking about context, I always talk about Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Or my right. And you know, you just sure you just grimace. <laughs> every t- every time we talk about time. Zacchaeus,
0: every time I hear his name, I'm like Garrett. Yes. <laughs> I just think of you. <laughs> yes.
1: Because so there's this song, right? There's this song if you grew up in church like we did, there's this song that's super famous that goes, you want to sing it for everybody?
0: I don't know all of it. Zacchaeus was a wee, a wee, wee little man, man, a wee, a wee little, little man. was He He, he, he climbed, climbed up, up in a, a sycamore, sycamore tree to yes. see what he could see or something to, like that. For the Lord he wanted for to Lord see. For the Lord he wanted to see, yes.
1: okay. And so there's this song, you sing it over and over, over and over and over and over again, and you get to that passage, and if you read it, is is this passage talking about Zacchaeus was a wee little man, right? It mm-hmm. doesn't actually say specifically that Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Mm-hmm. So if you go into some different translations, you can read. And if you go back to the Greek, there's not actually uh emphasis on who was the wee little man. So was Zacchaeus the short man, or was Jesus shorter than everybody else? And when he passed through the crowd, everybody else was taller mm-hmm. than him. And if you go back and um, right after Jesus's time, there were actually people who were saying that Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because he was short. Hmm. So they were pushing back. And so was Zacchaeus the wee little man or was Jesus? That's the question. That is the great question. Now, I know that's a hot take, right? right. I know that people have been mad at me when I've <laughs> talked to them about You're this. Like, they're like, and Jesus is short. <laughs> Jesus can't be short, you know, and I really could care less. Yeah. This, I'm not trying to, un, like, I really don't think that's the emphasis of that passage. I don't think, but what I'm trying to teach people is, is that we bring, is this big word, presuppositions. It basically means we have ideas of what th- Scripture actually says instead of trying to understand mm-hmm. what it actually means. Mm-hmm. And what was it? intended for the audience at that time. And so I use that story because a lot of us who did grow up in church, or if you didn't, you should look it up up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But if you did grow up in church, you understand, you read that passage and you automatically assume Zacchaeus was Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And so that's what we're trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to look at a few questions that can help us when we look at a verse determine its context, the principle, and application. And so we want to empower you to do this on your own so you can strengthen your first hand faith instead of instead of having a secondhand faith. So just hearing one person and he, like saying, Oh, they're way smarter than me. They've studied the Bible more than me, and just saying kind of saying, yep, they must be right, Mm -hmm. where we actually have an understanding of saying, this is exactly what this passage says, this is what it means, and this is how we apply it to our life. So this we're going to talk about six things where we can gather the context and then properly apply that verse to our life. So the first one is to read what's before and what's after. Now the question is how far? Like you're reading in Matthew chapter 17, and you're like, "Whoa, how far do I go ahead?" It's mm-hmm. like, do I start a Genesis? Do I end a Revelation? <laughs> like, how far are we actually talking about? And I think some of it depends on the ber- on the verse. And I think you can kind of, um, as you're reading, you can kind of help yourself by just saying, like, maybe you don't have time to read the entire chapter, mm-hmm. or I don't know exactly what that looks like. But if you're actually trying to understand the context of the verse. I personally, I think that it has to be at least the chapter before and the chapter after. Mm-hmm. That's my personal um, belief and what has helped me as I've grown in my faith. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times, and we're, and we're going to talk about some verses that get taken out of context. But if we don't read what, like, what is Jesus going through? Where is he at in his life? Where are the disciples at? What is what's going on? Where are the Pharisees? Where are the Sadducees? What is actually mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes that we should understand? If we don't understand all of those things, that's where we can start to take things out of context. So personally, I believe at least a chapter before and at least chapter after. Mm-hmm. I think more than that, it kind of gets into like, okay, how, you know, and I think you can kind of look and maybe glance, mm-hmm. but not necessarily have to read. So I think that's personally what I I feel. I don't know how you.
0: Yeah, I'd say like I usually go by like the natural break, the mm-hmm. natural change in topic, sure. the natural kind of, especially like um, in the letters and stuff. I feel like it's super important sure. for more chapters. Like yeah. I feel like usually because obviously the letter is the letter, so it's like the epistles are hard to just like read one chapter and be like, yep, got the context because mm-hmm. like it's. It's kind of its own context, but um, through the Gospels, I feel like I can usually pick out just that natural t- transition, and then I go from there of like, this was a new day, the start of the new day, or the start of a new place, you know, mm-hmm. kind of something like that, yeah. and kind of go with um, kind of that natural transition in scripture.
1: Yeah, that's good. So the second thing we need to understand is what does it mean to the original audience? Now, I truly believe this may be the hardest step, personally, mm-hmm. because um, we are 21st century Americans, um, yeah. and maybe there's somebody listening to this who's not from America, you, you, whatever country, whatever context you're from, we are not uh, first century Jews. Right. And so I think it's really hard um, for us to completely understand Honestly, most of the Bible, and especially the the New Testament, we'll talk about Gentiles and a few other things like that. But what does it actually mean to the original audience? I think that takes a lot of work, yeah. And that's where um, a superficial reading of the Bible you have to have some sort of help. So whether that's um, online commentaries, commentaries that you buy, like purchase in a book, I think. Uh, for me, at least, when it when we're talking about what does it actually mean to the original audience, it's nearly impossible for me, at mm-hmm. least. And and there's a lot of people who are way smarter than me, and maybe they don't need this help. But for me, I have to have outside sources for me to understand what it mean. What does this actually mean to the original audience?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the third step is, what are the differences between you and the original audience? So I think this is helpful as well if you can get some commentaries. And there's a ton of free stuff online as well. And maybe we can put a couple of those in the show notes. But what are the differences between you and the original audience? So, you know, for most of the New Testament is written to like first century Jews or obviously like Romans were for, were first century Romans, Corinthians. So you can kind of um, tell like these are written to churches, these are written to um, first century Jews, those type of things. So what are those differences? What are those, um, you know, for for some of it, they talk a lot about Moses and the law and a lot of those things where they're trying to get them to understand the context of their own situation too. Mm -hmm. So what are those differences? And then the fourth thing is, what truth about God applies both then and now? So there are truths about God that apply both then and now. God never changes. Mm -hmm. And so what truths about God apply both then and now? So as you're reading, going through saying, this is the truth about who God is, this is the truth about what he does. And how do those apply both then and now? So super right. simple step. Doesn't have to be super crazy. And then how does this verse fit the rest of the Bible? So that kind of goes back into the context of reading what's before, mm-hmm. what's after. And some of your Bibles, they're little notes, mm-hmm. like little footnotes. Like you might notice like a little letter, like little G or little F or whatever. They're they're all over your Bible. That's actually, I think, really helpful tool for you to understand how this verse fits in the rest of the Bible. So Jesus actually quoted scripture a lot. He mm-hmm. quoted the Old Testament a ton. And so you notice as you're reading, there's those little letters. Well, those are actually references to the passages that Jesus was talking about in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So as I'm reading, if, if I'm doing this, a lot of times I'll read the verses, and then I'll go through and kind of say like, okay, so this passage that I just read has like four or five different references to other scripture. Mm-hmm. So then what I'll do is I'll take those references, I'll go back, I'll read those verses to try to help understand, like, why did Jesus bring up this verse, right? right. We preached a message on John 3, 16 at, at Encounter um, and also at Youth Conference, and Jesus references a passage in Exodus, mm-hmm. right? And so, or sorry, Numbers, wow, out of context. <laughs> um, So he references this passage. And so for us to understand John 3, 16, like 14, 15, 16, we actually have to understand what was Jesus talking about. Why Mm -hmm. did he reference these passages? So a lot Mm -hmm. of times it's not just reading before and after, but also trying to understand why did they quote those verses and what Mm -hmm. does that mean for us? And then finally, it says, How did this principle apply today? So I think this is where a lot of us we kind of do one, we skip, two, three, four, five, and then we get to six. Like, yeah. hey, read, apply, read, apply. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily bad. And I think when we're talking about this, this isn't necessarily for just like a simple devotional reading. right? Like where are we spending a morning opening up scripture, allow, just kind of soaking in scripture, allowing it to soak into us. Like this is like Bible study where you're digging in, you're right. spending a significant portion of time trying to pour into these things and mm-hmm. so how does this a principle apply? I think for me this is typically the easiest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're reading a passage, Jesus talking about forgiveness. Right. <laughs> it's about forgiveness. Yeah. So, and there are some things like I think there are some passages that this is really hard. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of those passages for me are like the narrative passages where mm-hmm. Jesus is, they're talking, they're basically narrating Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. And there isn't necessarily something for us to apply. Or
0: like numbers. I'm right. Like, yeah, cool, Yes, I yes. will read the tent measurements yes. and then, or Leviticus <laughs> yes. and I will uh, sit here and not yes. know how that applies to Seriously, <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, uh...
1: What's a qubit? Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think there are some of those passages where it's just like, okay, I don't know if there's any application or, or for for me to like walk out in obedience. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we need to get so crazy where it's like every single thing has to be like application, application. Now we can't get away from that, right. but we have to obey God's word. But I think there are times where they, it's really hard to find that principle. And I think it's okay. Um, for us to just be like, okay, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And so the overarching question as we kind of wrap up these these questions is, what is God saying and not what do we want God to be saying? And mm-hmm. I think that's really the whole point of this whole series. Right. <laughs> is what is God actually saying, not what do we want him to be saying? And I think that question for me is where we see a lot of division In Christianity, Mm -hmm. and in general, and so, how do we actually obey God's word? What does God's word say? What does it say in context? And then, how do we apply it to our lives? Right. And that's and that's where we want to try to be.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. So, for the rest of this episode, we're going to kind of give a shorter example. Um, This is kind of a perfect one that is super common, but also we've kind of approached on the podcast before, so that way you guys. don't have to sit here for another 30 minutes. We can kind of spend a little bit of time kind of run through it. Um, just to kind of give you guys an idea and to tackle a commonly misused scrip- scripture too. So um we're gonna look at Matthew eighteen twenty. So for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. So this one's used all the stinking time. All the time. Like if I say it, you're probably like, oh yeah. Got it. Right. You probably didn't know it was Matthew 18, 20, but you probably knew <laughs> you knew the verse. Right. Um, so this is often read like at an inner church gathering, like if you bring like a bunch of churches together or at like prayer meetings, small groups, Um, that's like the most common and it's kind prayer, of utilized. There's
1: two people, at least it's uh, said often. <laughs> yes. If
0: there's two people, they're like two or three, two or three, baby. <laughs> um, so um, that's kind of like it's utilized to kind of Stress the presence of God, um, in the presence of multiple people, um, and so we're gonna kind of talk about why, you know, obviously that's not unbiblical to say. Like, right. obviously, God is with us if there, if if we exist, God is with us, you know. Yeah. So it's not unbiblical to say, but it tends to a place the stress on multiples, and b, it isn't what is being said in the context of the passage anyway. Um, so. Personally, I feel like, um, it kind of, like I said, implies that it's either there when we're not either, it's either there when we're alone or it's not God's presence. So it's kind of like, what are you telling me? Right. Like other places in the Bible, it says that God's presence is, he's always with us. Right. But you're telling me like, if there's two or three of us, then he's there right and is that supposed to be comforting or is it supposed to be conflicting yeah and so um that's kind of personally i always kind of wrestled with that until i was like when i was younger i was always kind of like that seems like kind of contradictory right mm-hmm. and it's cuz that's not really what's being said and so like we know as believers that the Holy Spirit is given to us and God says multiple times that he's with us. A couple examples of that is like 1 Corinthians 3, 16, John 14, 16, and 17, Psalm 145, verse 18. They're all good references for that. So um, those keep us kind of grounded in, right? That's the big picture. How does this picture fit within the rest of scripture, right? If God is telling us he's with us in all these other areas, now I look at this verse. So um that helps us kind of look at the context and what God has said about his own presence throughout the word, not just in this one example. So not reading the rest of scripture through the lens of God is with us when there's two or three, but reading scripture completely to say, OK, God is with us at all times. Now, what is really being said in this one? So if you want to share kind of like what do you think of when do you think of this verse?
1: Yeah, I think of like, yeah, just fellowship. It's like, yeah. hey, let's have some fellowship. We're two or three, you know, just kind of like that old school. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just like, Hey, we're going to have a potluck, you know, yeah. in the fellowship hall where two or three are gathered, you know? And so yeah. it's just, it's just kind of that old school. And there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong with right. that. But I think, I think what you said just <laughs> where it's like, I think it does. It's like, well, when I'm praying by myself, is God not there? Right. You know.
0: Especially when you're young in your faith, that can right, be really exactly. confusing. Well,
1: yeah, for sure. And so I think I think it is it is important, you know, for us to understand like, hey, this there is context to this, and this is not what that specific verse is saying. Right. And it's kind of like me in Romans, where I was right. preaching this message and I'm like, this is what it means, and it didn't in the context of that specific verse. Right. So we wanted to kind of look at this verse, right? So let's try to understand the context of This passage. So, what does it actually say? And so, we're going to try to go in this and cover a few of the questions that we had in the beginning to help us get a better idea of the passage, what the passage is saying. And so, I just wanted us to read a few of the verses around this passage so we can actually know and understand what is going on. So, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. It says this If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, take it to the church. If they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would treat a pagan or tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." Again, another verse that's taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, <laughs> truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about everything, they ask for. Okay, here we go. It's again crazy. Um, it will be done <laughs> for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be with them.
0: I thought about doing our three for one, and we could three for one. Just verse after, <laughs> after verse after
1: verse. Man, this yeah, is crazy. All
0: three of those are just yeah, always it is. used.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think I think that it is. And it's hard when you look at this verse if you just if you do take it out of context if you do remove those specific things you could look at those verse and be like yeah let's do it let's bind and loose some stuff you know i don't right. even know what that means but <laughs> let's just let's do it um but that's the that's the clip um so again um it it is the the truth is is this is not a message this is not a passage mm-hmm. that's about worship. Mm -hmm. Like if you're worshiping like this, this you're crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is about church discipline. Mm -hmm. This is about trying to figure out how to reconcile and walk in the ways of the Lord Mm -hmm. and how to walk in a like holy way. And so that's what this passage is about. And so that it it is interesting, but that's the context. So that's why it's really important for us to read around Mm -hmm. the specific verse that we're trying to understand.
0: Yeah. I think when I like first kind of rededicated my life to Christ and I started reading the Bible again, like a good little, good little Christian, I like read through the gospels of course to start and i literally came across this passage and i was like that's that's where their ver- that verse is like i had no yeah. clue that yeah. it was in that context <laughs> it just literally like blew my mind so um If you don't know, we have a whole podcast episode on conflict resolution. That's what it's called, conflict. Um, You can go listen to it um, because, like I said, we didn't want to kind of like spend a whole amount of time kind of doing this where we've already, you know, kind of dissected this chunk of scripture. So um, we're not going to spend a ton of time, but I figured this would be a great example since we've already done that. So if you haven't heard that episode Go check it out um, and then come back here and we can kind of continue to talk through those questions.
1: Dang, you're getting good at shameless plugs. Thank you. I've been you. training you pretty well. Yeah,
0: I am really smooth <laughs> at them, honestly. <laughs> so um, by reading this entire portion of scripture, we kind of find um, that the verse is about biblical conflict resolution, right? So something that honestly the church and people suck at, like we're, we're not good at it. And so I think it's kind of mind blowing to me that we take something that honestly is so valuable and so needed by the church and then we use it in a context that it wasn't meant to be used and so that kind of goes to our beginning point right like this this verse kind of loses its 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 message and its its meaning because we're not paying attention to the context and it really in my opinion could be so much more powerful if we were willing to use it in a means of conflict resolution and actually working towards uh, discipline and using it as a confidence in our ability to make proper decisions when we're dealing with um, sin against one another inside the church. Yeah. So it it seems so like simple, but like we said in the beginning, right? It's like wow, that really could be powerful to someone. Especially Mm -hmm. if you're in leadership, especially if you are experiencing conflict within your own church, if you're experiencing conflict with other believers, this is a very empowering verse, but not for the reason that it was used. And so it's just like kind of, I just see it as like such a shame because like it's something that we so desperately need to improve inside the church and we aren't even using the tools that Jesus gave us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it's really good. And I think that's what this verse is trying to do, Mm -hmm. like empower us to understand that there are going to be things like there's going to be sin in the church Mm -hmm. and there is a way to resolve it. There's a way to go about it. And I love that this verse, it portrays a picture of believers being united around a decision of discipline regarding an issue of sin or conflict within the church. And in that decision is saying, God will be there. Mm-hmm. Like God will lead this mm-hmm. where two or three are gathered. I right. will be there. Right. And so I think that the sincere agreement of two or three people in, in prayer is is um, more powerful than the superficial agreement of thousands because God is with us through mm-hmm. his Holy Spirit. And, and I think the one thing that it can get a little wonky where it's just like, where it's talking about two or three people where they come into agreement where I could just call you out all the time and it's just not not necessarily... I, it could be a pride thing. Right. It could be something else. Um, but it's this humble approach saying like, hey, I recognize that things aren't necessarily right. If we don't resolve it, then we bring somebody else in. And that's where starting to talk about like, hey, this mm-hmm. is where God can move through church discipline, something that we don't like to talk about. I don't like to talk about it. I don't like conflict either. So Mm -hmm. this is something that I'm not necessarily good at either. But I think it's painting this picture of like walking with God at our side through conflict. And in some cases, church discipline um, What makes what is typically a very tense and difficult situation or conversation way less stressful because we actually know that God's in control, that he's with us, and Mm -hmm. he... Um, will help us walk through those situations. Mm-hmm,
0: definitely. I do think like it's interesting that it repeats two or three right back to back like that. And the two or three is used in two examples right there of two or three being able to come and gather so that a civil conversation can be had, and then two or three in the decision-making of yeah. what, what to do now right. if, if the conflict is not resolving. So it's not just, you know, a one-off, right? It's about this whole process. And so if you're earnestly following this process, then I my hope is that then you would have a humble heart and that the person who is having to make that disciplinary like uh, decision will also be in that place with you and be able to act rightly because they're pursuing and being prayerful in their decision with God and not just like acting out and being like, oh, I didn't follow any of these steps. I'm just kicking you out, <laughs> you know. So, um, kind of uh the way we wanted to head towards wrapping up this episode is just that really both meanings are seemingly good. And it isn't wrong or unbiblical, right? That God is with us in small group prayer and meeting. Um, but it's also not what's being conveyed. And on the service, I think it's easy for us to think like, okay, so they use it to talk about like church gathering. Who really cares? Honestly. Um, but if we get into the habit of just taking a verse that we hear and how we see it used at face value, and then you you're used to doing that when it's a small and seemingly innocent thing, then why would we all of a sudden take up this new habit of actually studying the word when it's a big, divisive, or complex issue? We won't. If you know, scripture talks about like trusting with the small things and and leading to those bigger things, right? So same thing here. Like if we're not willing to pursue, um, context within a seemingly men- menial, like, uh, item, then why are we going to do it when it's something that is de- like actually creates like church do- denominations? Like we aren't going to actually go and study. Um, And that's actually our hope, right? Like for this series, we want you to be able to stop and just actually take a minute and look at what the context of the passage is. Not taking myself, not taking Garrett, not taking anyone's point of view, um, you know, at face value, but actually intentionally considering the passage's context and its application and walking through questions with yourself so that hopefully you can reach your own conclusion with God. So um, that's how we develop like a deep and intimate faith with God is by firsthand experience, questioning and study, right? Your day to day, your intentional studying and asking God, just what does this mean? You know, show me, open my eyes to your scripture. So we'll take a look throughout the series at another, a couple more commonly quoted um, scriptures, and then we hope that you will join us in order to do that and to put those scriptures back into the context. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Check out our show notes for the link to our conflict resolution episode and join us again next time to hear Garrett and Lane discuss godly manhood.